Welcome to the Satiated Podcast, where we explore physical and emotional hunger, satiation, and healing your relationship with your food and body. I'm your host, Stephanie Mara Fox, your somatic nutritional counselor. Today, we're going to dive in with Sarah Sherwood. Sarah is an embodiment coach, somatic experiencing practitioner, and non-linear movement method facilitator. She specializes in working with how trauma and overwhelming stress cause uncomfortable feelings in our bodies and unhealthy patterns of behavior that holds us back from the fullness of life. She helps her clients resolve these reactions through regulating the nervous system. As a result, people who feel overwhelmed with the demands of life move through their current stress and past trauma to create new patterns that help them reclaim their lives with joy and passion. I'm super excited to explore more of this crossover of somatic work, inflammation, and healing. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Yeah, I'm really thrilled to have you here today to talk about this fine line that we navigate in our relationship with food when we're also on a healing journey. So I would love to start off with just sharing with our listeners a little bit about your path and how that informed you in the work that you do. Absolutely. Uh, What got me on this healing journey was at the age of 20 in 1995. So it was a minute ago, hot minute Mm -hmm. ago. I went from being pretty uh, healthy athlete, super active, high functioning uh, college student to basically debilitated in about three months. I had a lot of uh, chronic pain. I had uh, this pretty immediate onset of pretty extreme digestive symptoms, fatigue, malaise, depression, uh, foggy thinking, like all this stuff Mm. kind of happened really quickly. And um, long story short, speed forward, um, I had uh, chronic Lyme disease, but it went undiagnosed for 17 years. Wow. Um, and then it took about two years to put it into remission. And that's a whole other story. So about 20, 19, 20 years process disease process of an infection. And if people aren't familiar with that, it's a bacterial infection in your blood. So it gets into your whole entire body and it can cross the blood brain barrier. So it has a huge cognition impact. Mm -hmm. So I was fighting an infection. I didn't know I had my immune system was on high alert constantly. And, um, I was very, very sick and experiencing extreme amounts of pain. So at some point in my process, I began to realize. So again, remember, I didn't know what I was fighting, Mm -hmm. but I was putting up a good fight (laughs) and, um, (laughs) was on a more um, natural path of, of healing. Once I discovered the kind of allopathic journey was not going to really be, they didn't have any answers for me at that time. So I quickly discovered that I obviously had a lot of inflammation in my body. Duh. I knew that pretty mm-hmm. clear. And I began to recognize that when I remove certain foods that caused inflammation, I felt better. So after Uh, many years of working with that, I kind of reached a point where I was able to manage my symptoms better. They didn't go away, but maybe if, if I was like a 20 out of 10, you know, (laughs) now maybe I could have a little bit of influence to keep them at maybe like a seven, eight, six on a good day kind of thing. Yeah. So, but it just was one thing after another, right. Of removal and pulling things that caused a inflammatory reaction in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, What's interesting about 
Lyme disease is it's not an autoimmune disorder. It's an infection, bacterial, and over time, it can create an auto-inflammatory response in your body that would mimic someone, you know, who had some kind of autoimmune disease. So that's kind of where I found myself, um, not knowing what I was up against and recognizing that there were certain things in my lifestyle that I could, that I did have some choice and control over that helped decrease my symptoms. Yeah. So as you started to discover, oh, wow, there is this relationship between what I eat makes me feel a different way. I'd love to hear more about what you discovered as you started taking things out. You know, a lot of what we explore here is that we're kind of bringing things more back in and like Mm -hmm. trying to heal relationship with all food. And sometimes it's the opposite. We're actually to enter back into a, a place of trust in your body. It's saying, oh, you're telling me this doesn't resonate with you right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to listen to you and actually take this out for as long as you tell me you need me to take it out. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. In what you're speaking to, I would say that the food removal or introduction or experimentation was kind of the was the context in which I actually, for the first time, began to deepen my connection to myself, my body and how I felt, mm-hmm. right? And being able to be willing to notice the information that my body was giving me without being attached to, right? So like, I remember um, dairy products and cheese especially was like the big, you know, (laughs) like horrific process to let that go. And there was, I would say there has been value for me in learning how to either detach or lessen my emotional feelings associated with like what's possible or what's not, you know, we say things like, I can't live without that. And, And so there is actually something empowering to be like, I have I've lived without that, you know, like it's not the nucleus of my life, like powering my myself, but then on the other side, right. There's other layers that I've had to work through of, you know, we can over identify with food, but then you can over identify in a healing journey of non-food, right. Of certain foods that you don't eat, that you'll never eat that, you know, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I think that the bigger impact over time, it's been less about this food or that food and more about a willingness to surrender to where my body's at right now and not have, not get super fixated on sending cheese off the, you know, waterfall and some ceremonious death that I'll like literally never see again, but also not being on the either extreme like I was saying of like, I can't live without cheese. There's been something really freeing for me to be like, I can be with my body's needs and that's what matters. And when I can heal that and do that effectively as my body, and I hold the belief that my body can heal. And obviously, you know, I've put an incurable disease in remission that the sky's the limit. I don't get stuck in where I'm at either because anything's possible in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really hearing you this crossover that I was re- referencing before around uh, somatic work and inflammation mm-hmm. is this just presence 
of, oh, I'm not going to go into a place of right or wrong thinking or black Mm -hmm. or white. It's got to be this way forever. Mm -hmm. And that it's, oh, okay, for now, my body is telling me this. Mm -hmm. And let me continue to get curious over when it doesn't tell me that anymore. Mm -hmm. That it's like, okay, for now, my body is telling me, hmm, maybe cheese doesn't resonate with us. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean like you were saying of like being like, okay, I have to write a goodbye letter to you forever. Mm-hmm. And I can never be in mm-hmm. relationship with you ever again. And it's like, oh, okay, this is my relationship with this food needs to change and giving it space to change again when it needs to. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I would say, you know, for me in holding it in the larger conversation of, I know that a lot of what you help your clients do is heal their relationship with food. So if healing for me, healing was the primary focus as opposed to food being the primary Mm -hmm. focus. And so it's also on the flip of that times. I, I haven't honored that I haven't listened to that. And I, I went through a, a season, a longer season than I'd love to admit where I didn't listen to my body around how I felt when I ate sugar because I felt deprived and had removed all these things. I was like gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, soy-free, blah, 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 free cookies, you know, like, (laughs) and I choose to not regret the past because it's not super helpful. I'm more the person like, okay, what can I learn from that? And like, take action, move forward, whatever. But it's like, I can see that in my, the arc of my healing process of like, I, I perceive that that has held me back, you know, in seasons of healing of not honoring that when my body was saying, Hey, when we eat sugar, we don't feel good. And so it's on both sides of that. Right. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was, has been really empowering. I think the biggest shift for me to be in that presence that you're naming is really feeling empowered that I get to choose how I feel. Yeah. And being more focused on that, as opposed to like what I can or can't have, what I can or can't do any perceived lack or perceived, like that's mine. And I'm not, I'm going to have it, you know? And, um, that's been really freeing because I don't feel, I feel more empowered to make choices around what would support me feeling good and that ebbs and flows and, and changes. Yeah. I love that you're bringing in this piece of normalizing that sometimes like your relationship with sugar at that point in your life was, that was just where you needed to be. It, like yeah. I hear just so much gentleness in that of over, like, sometimes you actually have to pause and be like, look how much healing you were <laughs> taking out so much on this healing journey. And that it's like, okay, you know what? I just need to pause and be where I'm at. And right now, no, I'm not taking out sugar. I'm not taking out one more thing. And that that's, that's a part of the process too, Mm -hmm. that sometimes you also have to recognize when sometimes like that resistance shows up of, no, I just need to be exactly where I'm at and it's okay to be here. And when I feel ready to take that step forward, you did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what did you really notice as you started to put healing as the priority? Like if we could land this in the body, mm-hmm. like what yep. did you notice somatically start to change in how you felt? Cause I think when individuals hear of like, oh, when I eat different things, 
if they're maybe in the practice of noticing things from their body mm-hmm. and they're like, but I don't, I don't know if I feel anything. Sometimes right. being able to offer examples of, okay, you might notice these things can be supportive. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, and as a, also a somatic practitioner, somatic experiencing is what I do. It's really about creating safety in the body. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting, when you think about inflammation, what I was going through, some people would, I call it, and I still uh, wrestle with this in varying degrees as I continue to heal is they'd call it like a cell danger response. Mm-hmm. It's like your body is on high alert and hypervigilant kind of defense posturing against this threat. And so for me, when I put that focus on healing, I put more of a focus on creating a safe place in my body, creating safety so that I could tune in, right? So that I could understand what was going on so that I wasn't, because for a while I had more hypervigilance around trying to manage and control my symptoms and how I felt, right? So traveling or socializing or going to a hotel that didn't have a kitchen or, you know, all these kinds of things would really kick things up for me. So the more that I focused on that relationship with my body and working to have tools to regulate those stress reactions, whether they were connected to food or not, began to cultivate that capacity to tune in. So I think that that's one side of what you're speaking to is like, we just have to cultivate that capacity to tune in. Right. And it has to feel safe enough to really feel and notice what's going on. And I'm also hearing you identified when you felt unsafe. Yeah. That it it has to start there of even knowing, oh, I feel unsafe right now. This situation that actually might feel like it processes differently in someone else's nervous system actually felt very activating to your nervous system because it was trying to defend itself. Mm -hmm. And so it's like saying, okay, this is just where my body and my nervous system is at right now. So that it might strengthen over time as you attend and attune to, oh, I need to maybe attend to my regulation right now, support my body and feeling safer. Mm -hmm. But it started with first recognizing, oh, I feel unsafe. Yes. And back to what we've already named at some point, I began to recognize that it was important to not associate these like black and white, all nothing meanings to my experience. So instead of saying like traveling is hard or it's never going to be easy, or I'm always going to feel stressed when I, whatever, I didn't do that. And I would just kind of attend to where I was at and notice like right now I need a little bit more support around that. And then I was able to identify, what do I need to move through that with more ease? And there was a little bit of prep or, or just kind of like awareness, but uh, yeah, being able to move through that and support myself so that I didn't kick up into, you know, this kind of inflammatory, but also just the stress response in my body, which wasn't going to help the situation either any direction. Yeah. So what tools did you find the most supportive in those moments of more regulation, more safety needs to come in? What kind of things would you do? Yeah. Some of the things that are really helpful for me, first of all, just that 
awareness is always the first step. Mm -hmm. So being able to slow down enough to notice like, Oh, okay. I'm noticing that I'm feeling stressed or I'm kind of having that tension or even just behaviors. Like I'm, I'm over, I'm like running in my mind and thinking, 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 or, you know, whatever it may be. So for me, just being able to, to pause and to utilize some different things. I think that just slowing down is always that first step for me. It really does wonders. And one of the things that is super effective, I'm sure you talk with your clients about it is just bringing awareness to our breath. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is because breath regulation is part of the autonomic nervous system is part of the thing that happens automatically that we don't have to think about, which is awesome. I can sleep all night and I don't have to think about breathing, Mm -hmm. but what's super cool is it's also one of the only parts of that automatic side of our nervous system that I can influence. So there's a lot of things happening automatically in my body that I, you know, I can't sit here per se, unless you want to get really woo woo and out there, but like, I, you know, I'm like release acid in my stomach, you know, like I can't really like quickly and easily influence that for an Mm -hmm. example, but it's happening as needed or not, or, you know, however that's moving through, but I can sit here and influence my breath. So it's super effective. And for me, just bringing attention and awareness and making it rhythmic and slowing it down kind of slows all processes down in my body but tracking what I'm noticing and feeling in my body and the somatic experiencing approach is recognizing those ways that we get ready to defend ourselves when we're not feeling safe. It could be a variety of things to run, to fight, to fold and collapse and shut down, or just to go into this like immobilized freeze or to people please, or, you know, there's lots of different things that we might do, but just even bringing awareness to that in the body what you're noticing and either completing that, moving through that, or even just through being able to breathe while becoming aware of that can cause a really big shift. Yeah. I appreciate the simpleness of it. You know, I think a lot of the time we're maybe looking for like, okay, this big hit, this Mm -hmm. big tool that's going to just like solve everything in the moment. And just the simple act of slowing down, coming into the present moment, breathing, even giving yourself a singular focus of, I'm just going to focus on my breath right now can be so powerful just to start to switch more into that parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system response. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have found for me personally that reaching for connection in a healthy way also activates that part of the nervous system as well. We, yeah, I'm sure you and I could talk shop, but I'm not going to get too <laughs> technical. Right. So just, I learned it was helpful for me to just to say to a friend or some loved one or what, like I'm noticing that I'm feeling a little bit anxious about my upcoming trip. I'm just using that because we've kind of used that as an example. And, and just even saying that like helped me feel connected and seen. And, and then I could move into choice about what I was going to do about that, as opposed to kind of being stuck in uh, that immobilization. Yeah. And just to kind of zoom out for a second, oftentimes a healing journey can start with what am I putting in my body that might be affecting this body and its expression? And then Mm -hmm. it's also, it goes so much bigger than that, Mm -hmm. that it's like the food is actually only one small piece. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay. Like what people feel the most regulating to have in my life? What environments feel like the most regulating thing to have in my world? 
So it, it starts to expand over, oh, it's not just about the food. It's so much bigger of when it comes to this sense of safety, it's really getting curious about like everything that is maybe making you feel unsafe. And that could be mm-hmm. internally thoughts, foods coming in, and also externally in people, environments, atmospheres, air you're breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And in light of that, being able to find the places where even if you are in a disease process or on a, you know, you're, you're needing to make some diet adjustments to meet your body where it's at as it heals. I was very, and continue to be like very intentional for that to just, to not be a thing in the sense that like, like socially and like engaging with my life and not feeling restricted in other areas. Is this making sense? Yeah. And I would, I trained the people around me to be like, yeah, sure. Check in with me. Like there's certain things I'm not, you know, I'm avoiding right now and don't make it a thing. Like, (laughs) right. Because people like to, uh, not like to, but they often will respond by like making a big deal about it or saying like, I'm so sorry, meeting this in front of you or like Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's important too. I nourished all the other areas of my life as well. And I didn't let it impact and restrict other things. Yeah. I think that's so important that when you're starting to learn who feels safe to connect with, Mm -hmm. when you are shifting and changing your relationship with your food and your body, also this brings that aspect of speaking up for yourself Mm -hmm. of like, how can I also teach the people around me how I want them to interact with me while I'm in this transformative space? Mm-hmm. It's so important so that it doesn't keep kind of putting your body back into a, a stress response of like, I have to explain this again. Like, can we just like be cool with this? That sometimes it's you prepping the people mm-hmm. around you ahead of time so that you get to continue to facilitate that sense of uh, safety and calm in your body. Totally. Right. So that you have the freedom, like, yeah, if this week you're not eating cheese that like then, or from, and for my example, I haven't eaten it for quite some time. Like if I decided on in my healing process that now I was going to eat cheese, that it wouldn't be less like record screeching, <laughs> like, you know, she's eating cheese. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if it's like on everyone's Instagram feed, Sarah's eating cheese. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, that's just a whole, that's a different side of like food shaming. Mm. It's like food freedom shaming or something. Like it's just mm-hmm. this awkward kind of like, yeah, to, to what you're speaking to just kind of creating an environment around yourself where it's, you have the freedom to be inside of your process, whatever that's looking like season to season. I love this, you know, giving yourself space to be a shifting and changing human being Mm -hmm. and and releasing yourself from also the expectation that you need to show up the same over, oh, just because I'm not eating this or I'm on this specific part of my healing journey doesn't mean that you need to be there forever just because you claimed that. It's like you can enter into a new environment and be like, you know what, I'm going to try this today and see how my Mm -hmm. body reacts and responds to it. And Mm -hmm that it doesn't have to be such a huge deal. Yes, totally. How did you know when you started to maybe get to the place of, oh, wow. Okay. So I've actually taken a lot out and I'm noticing that my body has reached a certain point of healing, that it might be time to bring things back in. Mm -hmm. 
what did you notice? How did you know to start changing mm-hmm. like what you were eating or how you were relating with your body? And, and could we speak more to that, that part of that path? Yes, for sure. Some of what I'll speak to might be specific to someone with a similar disease process as me, but, um, and then some of it universal, but for me, there was walking through this for so many years and with the kind of where it led me and my interests, like I really began to understand that the gut brain connection and a lot of my Lyme disease symptoms were cognition. They were, you know, cognitive and cause there was inflammation on the brain And so I think that when I began to feel more clear headed in my ability to think clearly, to have energy, all that kind of stuff, that was a big one for me because I knew that, you know, anything that was going on in my gut was going to trigger that. So that was one of the things that I noticed. And then I also think that there was a fundamental shift for me where I, if, if it was on a, like a seesaw or, you know, a balance, I recognized that I was more heavily weighted on focusing on what I can't do, what I can't eat, what I'm, you know, my part-time job of trying to heal my body. And I say that with a lot of compassion toward myself, because I was basically not like barely functional, but over-functioning. That's how I decided to survive and push through. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Make sure I look really normal, grow a business, do all the things. Right. Mm-hmm. So even, but I was also every day was about getting through the day. Right. So I think I also in my own journey hit a point where I was unwilling to be inside of that any longer. And I began to shift the scale. That was less about where I was at physically and more mm-hmm. where I was at mentally. And I just felt like, you know, I, it's time for me to put my focus on what I'm building in my life, what I'm growing, what I'm, I'm nourishing myself, what I'm able to receive, what I'm adding in, what I'm, you know, receiving and all of that. And that was a big piece of it as well. And then just trying to be practical and mindful about going slow enough to get some information for me, what I, how my body is, is I have, I don't even know that I have any true allergies. I have a delayed onset, you know, immune response. So it could happen pretty quickly or within like three or four days. Mm -hmm. So it just, I just have had to be really methodical, which sometimes is easier than others. Right. And it is tricky and hard to get information, but I, feel like slow, slow and steady wins that race for sure. And then you often need someone outside of yourself to help you structure that because it's pretty hard to do that by yourself. I have found maybe others find it's easier for them. It's been, yeah, but I don't, I, you know, my guess would be no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, and all that work in the work in somatics of just Mm co-regulation, you know, we, we're not lone islands. We are meant to do healing in community and with other people. So I agree with that. Yeah. Someone to help you discern, you know, what, of what of that is maybe a true, you know, gut reaction. What of that is, maybe just a fear response mm-hmm. to the process, you know, all of that. So that's been key for me as well. Yeah. And I also hear you getting really curious on your journey. What part of you needs the attention 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important reminder of sometimes it is focusing on the body and the symptoms there. And then other times it's focusing on, well, how is my mental status doing? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that needs more attention where you might actually start bringing foods back in because that amount of, I want to say restriction, but it's not restriction. It's just like, you're taking things out for a specific reason, but it gets to a point where mentally that starts to put in a strain Mm -hmm. and that sometimes you need to bring things back in to enhance the mental capacity to keep going. And then you might focus on the body again. Then sometimes you might be focusing on the emotional, spiritual realm Mm -hmm. of like, okay, what's going on in my, you know, emotional healing in this process. So there's just so many different Mm -hmm. layers Yeah. Healing is a journey. You know, it's really, it really is. And kind of the, what we're talking about today is less about a short, quick fix around, you know, a perceived problem with food and more of like, just what you led with of just changing, changing our relationship to food through changing our relationship to ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Cause I think people have different ways of relating to food that have a lot to do with unmet needs and unmet desires inside of themselves, right? Whether, whether food is punishment or food is reward or, you know, food is all there is in life or food, whatever, you know, these kinds of stories that we have with it. And for me, I think that what I do observe in my own journey, even though you know, there's been many years of going without quote unquote, it's like, that's been part of my emotional, spiritual, deep somatic, like early first weeks of life, mm-hmm. kind of trauma, kind of story stuff showing up and showing out through my somatic process mm-hmm. and being able to heal that, like that, this deeper experience early in life of having to go without of kind of some early starvation, not having my needs met um, through food. And so if we pay attention and, and in kind of, you know, tune in, there's maybe some really beautiful stuff happening there that, you know, there's opportunity in that. So there's different ways to look at that. Some people can say, Oh, you, you manifested that, you know, because of your early trauma and maybe, in some ways, Mm -hmm. but I manifested it for my healing. Like, you know, like if that's true, um, there's opportunity in that for some really deep healing. And so now I don't feel that way about life at all, but I could have just stayed small and felt that way about food. And so that, you know, that was just a vehicle for a much deeper healing process. Yeah. What a beautiful reframe of even that when your body starts showing you symptoms that actually that journey had already been happening even before Mm -hmm. your body started speaking and communicating to you that something it's still trying to process something from early on Mm -hmm. and that we get to shift our perception that it's, it's not your fault Mm -hmm. that it's like, Oh, this, your body's talking to you for a reason because it's, it's ready to kind of say, Hey, I need your extra support with what I've been trying to manage on my own for you for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Yes, absolutely. If there was a piece of wisdom, you feel like having gone been been on this journey for a really long time at Mm -hmm. this point that you wish someone had given you on this path 
Like what piece of wisdom do you wish you would have heard for someone who's maybe listening to this and being like, I'm at the beginning, I'm in the middle. (laughs) And, you know, to just, uh, what would you offer them? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think that for me, when I awaken to just kind of the layer of feeling in my story around worthiness and embracing a different way of seeing myself in any ways that I felt shame or not enough or too much or striving in that, that just was a puzzle piece that really unlocked so much inexplicable healing throughout my whole body and stuff that is hard to describe. And even, even, you know, weight loss without changing how I'm eating or like brighter skin or clearer eyes, or do you know what I mean? This kind of stuff that some people I think are chasing when they focus on food and ultimately, yes, find a happy, healthy pathway with your relationship with food and like kind of undergird that with really beautiful relationship with yourself. I think that that putting things in in right order will move people forward in a more, in a more powerful way. And when I, when I recognize that, like, yes, I'm seeking health and wellness and, and healing of my physical body, but I kind of, that just gets to play out as I seek this really beautiful healing just with my sense of self. That was really transformative. Yeah. Well said. I also hear of just really getting curious, why am I focusing on food so much? Do I really think that this is going to give me the sense of worthiness or that I'm enough if I just get this right? And it kind of gets to be, well, I can feel worthy and enough as I am now, regardless of what's happening in my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I would love for our listeners to know how they can keep in touch with you, how they can follow you, where they can find you. You know, do you have any offerings or upcoming things, uh, programs in your world that uh, individuals should know about? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on my website, Sarah with an H dash Sherwood.com or on Instagram or Facebook. Um, Those are places I hang out. And I do have a free two-part video series with an action guide on my website that you can uh, sign up for. It's called the pause and pivot method. It's just Mm. really basic tools to slow down in those moments of daily stress and then how to pivot toward a new way of responding. So you can come out of those reactive patterns. And then I do have actually a brand new course I'm hoping to launch in March and it's super practical embodiment tools. What do I actually do? Like the how to Mm -hmm. of when I find myself in a stress reaction or feeling angry or reaching for food when I would rather not, or yelling at my kids at bedtime or whatever it is, you know, how do I, what do I actually do to call, you know, bring myself back down to place of calm confidence so that I feel like I can make a choice in what I want to do next. And this applies to anyone wanting to make food choices from a different place. We have to kind of have that little, it can be in three minutes or less, you Mm -hmm. know, but kind of, we need to have that little downregulation shift. And then we move back into place of choice and we can uh, apply that in lots of different ways. So that Uh, if you stay connected with me, you'll hear about that when it becomes available. That sounds 
awesome and so needed. I will put all of the links to keep in touch with you also in the show notes so people know where they can find you. And just thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your journey and your experience today. I so appreciate your time and this insights that you have around like, okay, let's be gentle and compassionate with ourselves on this path and that you get to be present with yourself in the unfolding process of it all. And so thank you so much for, for sharing this today. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day and thank you to everybody who is listening for being here. If you have any questions, email me anytime and looking forward to connecting with you all soon. Bye.